You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to your favorite day of the week. This is Locked On NBA. I am Anthony Irwin. I am back from vacation. I am joined by Adam Morris. Adam, thanks for holding it down. How'd, how'd it go? A lot of people were saying it was the best Friday show they had ever heard, but uh, it's it's I'm I'm happy to have you back. I did check the numbers and it was they like skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thanks, guys. <laughs> um, today today's show we're going to talk about pressure. Play cue some David Bowie. We're going to play. We're going to talk about pressure. Boston and Milwaukee are going to a game seven. Utah and OKC are going to a pressurized game six. And then Toronto and Washington and Indiana and Cleveland are all playing their series out as well. But some fun storylines there to t- take a look at. Then we're going to power rank the remaining playoff teams, and we'll try to slide in whoever we think is going to win their series right now. As always, we're going to have a funniest moment, and then uh, and then we'll send you off into the weekend. As always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, uh, and all over the place. Let's get to it, though. Plenty of talked about. Let's start with the game that just happened last night. Boston and Milwaukee. Milwaukee forces a game seven. It just it, I forces feel like, a game seven upon all of us. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like all of these games are just like clones of themselves, and it helps that they're all wearing. They're both teams wear green. That it's just it just feels like green sludge. It's true. Yeah, green on green crime. So now that both these teams or both these pairs of teams are heading into the weekend, Boston and Milwaukee, Utah and OKC, who of those between those two matchups are feeling the most pressure uh, heading into the weekend? Typically in this situation, the interim head coach stands with the most to gain because, you know, if an interim coach comes in and makes a run and they go further than people expected, maybe they get a head coaching job. But I don't see that with with Joe Prunty. No. I just don't think he's head coach material, at least at this moment. So I don't think even if Milwaukee made it to the next round and made a run, I just don't see that happening. The Celtics are kind of playing with, with house money um, just because they're so injured and so beat up. I don't think anybody really expects them. And then on top of that, Boston and Philadelphia and whoever – whatever team LeBron James plays for uh, for the next couple of years, those are the three teams that have the inside track on the Eastern Conference for the next four or five years. At least that's what it would seem. If Boston takes this team to volume one of Boston-Philly, that's a really horrible opening chapter because that's an absolute <laughs> massacre. So I don't think Boston has pressure on them either. So I'm going to go with the entire Bucks organization because I don't think Giannis is going anywhere in the immediate future. But this season would be kind of a failure if they flame out in in the first round against a very, very, very shorthanded Boston team. I kind of sort of disagree. I think I Ooh. disagree. I do, I, look, I, you're 100% right. It is objectively true that Boston is all kinds of mangled right now. They are missing Kyrie and, and Hayward, obviously. Those guys are not there. They haven't been there for a while now. And yet, like... I feel like you have to beat this this Bucks team, even even with <laughs> even with really? Giannis. Yeah, like I, I, they've been so disappointing all year. And the Bucks and, are really bad. They yeah, have a great player, and they're really bad. It's that's really that's really what it is. And so, like, if in the modern NBA, you should be able to shut one guy down, and and not being able to do that, and Brad Stevens supposedly being this this wizard that he is, not being able to do that. I, 
I'm not saying that they have a ton of pressure on them. I agree that both teams are just kind of playing and it's going to happen and somebody's going to advance and get slaughtered by Philadelphia. But I, if I'm Boston, I kind of I need to win this series just to kind of at least put that cherry on this season and head into next year with a little bit of momentum. What is the Celtics? Where are the Celtics at right now if, say, like Stan Van Gundy was coaching this team? Who's a good coach, like an average coach, mm-hmm. I would say, somewhere in the middle. I mean, to me, they're not even in here. So this is the Brad Stevens stuff, and this is where everything is going to always come back to this until he actually wins a playoff series. He is guilty of overachieving with this team and then having the team's health just completely disintegrate right before the playoffs. And now we're looking at Tatum and Brown and thinking like, ooh, you've got to be able to beat this Bucks team that are not good. Those guys are 19 and 20 years old, yeah. and they're the, maybe the two best player, two of the three best players on the Celtics roster right now. So... Uh, to me, I, I don't see, I see what you're saying, um, and Milwaukee really is a bad team. In my opinion, they're just not good. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think Boston's very good either uh, uh, with the injuries that they've had. How about uh, let's look at the other series here between Utah and OKC. Yes, much more interesting. Yes, yeah, we spent way too much time on the Eastern Conference. That's my bad. <laughs> That's my bad, everybody. That's what you get for disagreeing. <laughs> no, no, it was a good disagreement. Um, all right, so uh, Utah is playing a game six at home. I'll just start here by saying this, and I'll let you talk. It feels a lot like that series between the Lakers and the Suns that the Lakers had no business of being in, where they had a three, yeah. they, they had a three to one lead. They, the Lakers blew a three to one lead before it was cool, and <laughs> and and that's how this kind of feels here. Where where if you just look at the rosters and you take everything out of that, all the other context going into the series, if you just look at the rosters, you would say, how is Utah in this right now with the Oklahoma City Thunder? And that was a nice story, but now you had that three to one lead, and you kind of hugely blew it in game five and you're going to game six. Now you don't want to go to a game seven in OKC. I feel like Utah has more pressure on them right now. That's an interesting take. I don't think Utah is worse than Oklahoma city, by the way, I think they are a significantly better team than Oklahoma city. They are missing the star power. And, and what we saw, I think at least part of the equation in that game five was star power taking over. And, and that's mm-hmm. what happens sometimes when you have the best player in a series. But for me, the most pressure is Russell Westbrook. He stands the most to gain and the most to lose. And part of this is just cliche. He is probably the most polarizing figure in basketball right now amongst fans. I mean, he's almost like Allen Iverson where, you know, there's I think everybody kind of enjoys him. But there's people that are very skeptical about how far a team led by him can take you. And he's a lot of stands. But let's put it this way. If they win and they go on to the next round and make some noise, maybe win another one. Paul George seriously considers a return, in my opinion. The narrative about Russell Westbrook and can you win and and all of these things, I think, changes with a loss. There is a good chance Russell Westbrook is suiting up alongside Carmelo Anthony and Patrick Patterson next year, and <laughs> that is just not a very exciting or very very good team. No. I think the swing. I, and first of all, I actually think Paul George has probably gone one way or another. I don't have any inside information. It just seems to be the most logical thing to me. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, losing in the first round. To to this Utah team, who I think is massively underrated, but let's face it, they're lacking the star power. I mean, yeah. a 19 year old is their star, 20 year old is their star. I think Russell Westbrook stands the most to gain and the most to lose. Who are you taking? And did 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 that game five disaster for Utah change anything in your mind in terms of who might wind up winning the series? 
No doubt about it. I had Utah in a landslide in Game 5. I thought it was going to be a blowout, and I thought I was right. I was one of the few people who didn't take oh, to Twitter to start. Yeah, I think all of Twitter <laughs> was dancing on the graves of Oklahoma City. I was not because I always knew in the back of my mind that this was a possibility. It has changed, though. I think Utah wins in Game 6, but I am significantly less confident about that. Those types of collapses remain in your psyche, I think, for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. yes. Having having seen the Lakers blow a twenty three point lead to the Celtics in the final series, that still sticks with me. That and hurts. I don't think Gobert gets gets in foul trouble like that no. again. I don't think Melo sits as much as he does, and and you know, so some of that stuff went the bad way. But but there is going to be that little doubt in the back of their mind now. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk Toronto and Washington, Indiana and Cleveland, and uh, and and. We'll we'll have some fun at the end of the segment because those both those series are pretty boring. <laughs> All right, so Toronto and Washington, it's 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 the series that keeps on taking. We're <laughs> the series that keeps on taking. <laughs> All right. There's some interesting stuff in here. Honestly, yeah. I would watch this a hundred times out of a hundred over Boston, Milwaukee, and that, and yeah. <laughs> All right. So who's who's feeling the most pressure here? I think we both are in agreement that that, that both of the Toronto, Washington, and Cleveland, Indiana series are are just kind of foregone conclusions at this point. But yeah. which team do you think has a little bit of doubt creeping into their minds? Doubt creeping into their mind. I think both teams have to have a little bit. I would guess Toronto again. Maybe more pressure on Toronto just because of the regular season that they had. Washington's season has been a little bit cursed in some ways, so Mm -hmm. you kind of have that. But here's the note I have on on them and and sort of the pressure. They both have two of the five biggest salaries this season and next, and two of the three highest committed salaries in the 2019-20 season. Washington basically has their team maxed out for the next four years. It's this roster all on really, really, really large salaries, and if you lose in the first round, you know, and, and in an Eastern Conference that's so weak and against a Toronto team that I don't think anybody's really scared, I just wonder if you have a little bit of, of if there's a shakeup on the horizon if things don't happen. And in terms of who has the most pressure in this one, if, if I had to break it down to a single individual, I think it's John Wall. And part of that is because he is owed $40 million, like it averages out to over $40 million over the next four seasons. And I just wonder, how tradable is John Wall? That team has some really good players. He's a really, really good players, but there's a, or a player, but there's a little bit of this feeling that he's sort of a flawed star, and he's getting that Supermax contract that doesn't even start until next year. That's just, it, it's, that, I think he has the most to lose. That Supermax contract is going to be a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> we just talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's on that same kind of deal, and that starts kicking in in a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree that John Wall feels the most pressure here. Uh, the Washington Trailblazers are are not in a very good situation <laughs> moving forward cap wise. Let's talk about Indiana and Cleveland, though. Look, LeBron's game winning shot. Goal ten aside and all the stuff that kind of went in at the end of the the last two minute report. Can we just kind of laugh at that for a second? Because they said that a a play that could have been reviewed wasn't, and then a play that cannot be reviewed was definitely called the other way. And and all the it's just 
what are you doing, guys? Yeah. <laughs> We're completely The last two-minute re- It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I had a buddy, buddy text me today, or last night he said something like, that's a goal, Ted. Yeah. And then today, when the report came out, he texted me the report and said, see, I told you it was a goal, Ted. Dude. There's slow motion replay. Everybody on Earth knows it was a goal ten. We yeah. all saw. It was no contra. There's no C. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Everybody on Earth saw it, man. It's all right. It's a pet peeve of mine with the goaltending stuff because you see it all the time after fouls that like a play will continue after the whistle has been called and they'll just kind of throw the ball at the rim and then a goal ten will happen and because a goal ten wasn't called they don't call it. That's just two points that just don't happen now. It's the weirdest thing. But <laughs> let's talk about Indiana and Cleveland, though. Is there any kind of doubt here with with Indiana and Cleveland? As soon as I, LeBron, yep. there is doubt you, for me. Really There's absolutely so? doubt. Wow. Look, I'm I'm if I'm picking Cleveland. I I think they're going to win in Game Six. I think it's mm-hmm. over. But doubt? Oh, absolutely. This this Cleveland team is just not good. They just do not look impressive. I know they have another gear that they just you know they've missed some shots and they've been a little bit out of rhythm and this and that. And and Indiana's not good, but. Cleveland's just not good, and they feel a little bit like a, a lamb headed to the to the abattoir here because their season, in my opinion, Cleveland's season ends in humiliation. Whether it's in Game 7 of the Indiana series and they lose in Round 1, or whether it's against a Toronto team that nobody's supposed to lose to or be scared of if you you know if you have a LeBron James on your team, or if it's Philadelphia, who I think just smacks them in a seven-game series, or it's the Warriors or Rockets. So at some point, they are going to lose big time but I still think the pressure is on them. And in particular, I think the pressure might be a little bit on Dan Gilbert because he's the one that ultimately is going to hope that LeBron James decides to, to finish out his career in Cleveland. And losing to the Pacers, I think that makes his decision a little bit easier to leave. <laughs> I, I laughed. I, I, I laughed. I did that like maniacal evil guy villain laugh. When I saw that they tweeted out like shirts for tonight, and the, and because of the lighting, they were purple and gold. It was oh my tr- god, <laughs> it was tremendous. <laughs> it was great. Well, um, I'll tell you, I wanted to go instead of Dan Gilbert. I wanted to go who has the most pressure, and I was going to say Paul George <laughs> because <laughs> if Indiana makes it to the second round and he doesn't, I think that oof. T- there's just something funny about that. Oof. Oof, Some yeah. ironic and un, you know we didn't see that coming. <laughs> All right, I I do want to add though in that Indiana Cleveland series. I think Indiana is is in the in very much the same way as you know the other teams that we've talked about Boston because of their injuries, Utah because they're so young. Indiana's just playing with house money, and this is such great experience for those guys. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, they and in that sense, because Indiana has so little to lose, that's why I'd be a little nervous if I was Cleveland because they can just yep. walk in freewheeling. They're playing at home. If you force a game seven, you never know how things might go in a game seven. It that it, that in and of itself is is why I would be a little concerned if I was a Cleveland fan. A little little other nitpicking thing as a as somebody who watched the Lakers and as somebody watched Jordan Clarkson for all of his career to this point, Cleveland, please stop setting screens on his left side. He's terrible going to his left. <laughs> Set the screen on the right side. Get him a head start going to his right. He's so much better going that way. I don't know what they're doing. That's just anywho. All right, let's talk really quickly. Well, uh, before we get to the break, let's talk about our funniest thing, either from the last week or so, or or all those good things. I'll start because I'm a little more a little bit more iffy on mine. Uh, last night or two nights ago, by the time everybody's listening to this, 
Shaq and and the rest of the guys on inside the NBA were were sending the Portland Trailblazers on their fishing trip. And they've done this really cool thing this year where they have this like CGI boat that they all kind of get on and ride. And Shaq grabs some snorkel (laughs) gear and says, I'm going to meet you guys there. And all the guys are like, wait, what What are you doing? And first off, Shaq scared everybody by actually diving <laughs> head first. Like, the thud that you heard there actually shook the sand. And then, and then on, top of that, <laughs> yeah, on top of that, the way he dove, it wasn't like he dove straight ahead so that he would have dove like into water. But he dove right at the base of the boat. And and I wish what they could if, – if they were prepared for it, they should have done like a bump kind of thing where, where everybody who's sitting at the desk <laughs> still and the boat kind of bumps up. After hitting Shaq, but but that like that legitimately got a chuckle out of me. What was your favorite or funniest moment so far? In the in mine's the also a bit iffy, but I find it hysterical. <laughs> According to Mark Stein, Miritich is inking an, a deal with Gillette and is now <laughs> going to be the face of Gillette. Which this is funny for a couple reasons. For one, Miritich had a great beard. He, he shaves it off and it looks terrible. Absolutely, Awful. he just does not look like a basketball player anymore <laughs> for some reason. And then on top of that. He's in New Orleans, maybe the smartest, smallest market, uh, you know, a foreign guy in the smallest market in the NBA. I just is does Miritich telling you to buy razors really sell razors for you? I don't know. To me, it, it it's all kinds of absurd. Just just imagine like, you know, uh, uh, somebody who's looking to buy razors <laughs> and they aren't an nba fan and some weirdo oh, man, yeah. obviously <laughs> needs a beard is telling right. them buy gillette <laughs> all right you don't I'm you don't look at Miritich's skin and go "Ooh, i just want to like touch that face it looks so smooth and soft no not not the best endorsement partnership i don't think they, they need to make a joke about playoff beards to hockey players though like that 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 kind of needs to happen <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we are going to rank, power rank the the yes. remaining teams here. Adam I'm made excited. a list. I'm going to yell at him about it. We'll get, to, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. All right, you want to go? Let's go. Let's go descending order. Do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? I want to go number one first to go right. the, the yeah. All right, that gives us more time to talk about the the guys at the top then. Who's yeah, your for sure. number one team? This one might be controversial here. Who's your number one it team? It might it might be, but my number one team is the Philadelphia 76ers. What? Oh, get out what? Of here. <laughs> they have one loss. We're, one and again, we're doing power rankings based on the first round. I should uh-huh. say that. Like if we we throw out the you know, just the first round. Yeah. They only have one loss since March 13th. It, that's like six, seven weeks, something like that. And they just, I know that they had the one loss, so you could say, okay, well, they didn't sweep, but they just look like a, they just look like a dominant team right now. And their ceiling, they've shown enough flashes of their ceiling that you don't just say, oh, well, if they reach their ceiling, they could be good for here. No, there's a chance that in like two, three more weeks' time and being strengthened by this playoff schedule, they might actually reach their peak for a majority of their minutes. That's look terrifying. <laughs> the, 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 the minutes that they've played, the poor Heat, like I listened to the Levitard show almost religiously and they have their local hour and, went, and it, they sounded so defeated when they were like, look, we played our best game. The team that we played against, we forced like 18 or 27 turnovers or whatever it was. And, and they still managed to beat us. And, and I'm just sitting there like it's, it's 100% true. And the one, yeah. the one hope that I think the Eastern Conference really had going for them was that maybe the, the first round yips kind of kick in for such a young team in Philadelphia. 
and it didn't, didn't happen. happen. And it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still going to disagree. I still think it, it has to be the Warriors. They're getting Steph back, apparently, potentially for, for game one. Uh, even with Houston dropping 50 in a, in a quarter against Minnesota, uh, the, the Warriors made quick work of a, of a, an, a depleted San Antonio team. We need to we need to make sure <laughs> that, that we that we state that. But it, it's hard to to it's hard for me to just put the Warriors anywhere but number one if both Steph and KD are healthy. All right, who's your who's your number I, two team? I I had number two. I had them at number two okay. and number one in net rating. Mm-hmm. Number one in defensive rating. Number four in true shooting percentage. So think about this. They had, I think, the third or fourth best offense. I'm pretty sure that's going to go up. Not only were they playing a very good defensive team in the Spurs, but they're missing Steph Curry. You throw that out there, there's a good chance they were the number one. They they will be the number one offense and defense in the second round of the series, and maybe for the rest of the playoffs. They deserve number two, but you know what? The Philly hype has got to me. I'm buying in. <laughs> I have never seen you higher on a player than you. And I talked to you about Jokic, so I can't believe <laughs> how high you are on, on MB. But, you know, rightfully so. All right. I, I would I would swap those. I would do Golden State, okay. then Philly. So give me your number three team. Number three, the New Orleans Pelicans. What? And, I, and, and look, first of all, they went 4-0. Oh. They, uh-huh. they, 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 they got the sweep. That's fair. Um, they know who me. they are and what they are. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best players. If not, if Anthony Davis was the best player of the playoffs, that wouldn't surprise you. I mean, it would surprise you a little bit, but it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they have the number one offensive rating in the playoffs so far. I just think this is a team that figured out who they were over the last two months. They're dangerous. And they have beardless Miritich. It's like a. It's like a. <laughs> they, they have Gillette on their side. <laughs> they didn't even have that many close shaves. Oh, the, okay, oh. is that good? That was that was that was well done. <laughs> All right, uh, I would number disagree. Four. Oh, go I, ahead. Well, I would I would disagree, and I would put Houston at number three. Uh, they just that fifty point quarter again. Same, was... same same kind of thing <laughs> with with Philadelphia, where you're kind of hoping if you're the Western Conference that. You kind of see them struggle a little bit more. And, and yeah, there were some close moments, and they lost the game to Minnesota. But for the most part, it was crystal clear who the better team was out there. Uh, I, and and the other thing, too, the reason I would put them at three and and maybe even arguably put them ahead of, of Philadelphia is I think their matchup between Oklahoma City and Utah is going to be the easiest matchup of anybody in the in the next round. And yeah. so and so that that would that helps them get a little bit more momentum and prepared for the for the series after that. Who's your number four team? Well, so number four would be would be Houston. So again, we have that swapped. And here's the thing, you know, they're great. I think Houston's going to bounce back, and and I think they'll be just fine. I find it a little strange that they struggled offensively in quarters, not really for whole games, but for quarters halves. Despite playing one of the worst defenses in all of the playoffs. Yeah. So to me, I look at that and it's I just think, troubling. you know, so much of what they do is like one or two things. And in the NBA, and in the playoffs, you really have to force. Now, again, I do think they're going to bounce back in round two. But just going off of round one, they were not as good as the Pelicans, in my opinion. Number five, though, for to me, this is where this is the last. I think there's a big gap after the top five. But number five to me has been Utah. The, the last 18 minutes of that game aside, <laughs> they've really, really, really looked uh just awesome in stretches their role players have stepped up rubio looks like he can do a little bit of everything he's playing with the most swagger with his scoring i've ever seen um so so to me utah is is that team they know who they are they defend really well and their offense has been surprisingly good so far 
What makes me a little nervous is in some very big moments, they went to Rubio off the dribble jumpers, and <laughs> that terrifies me. All right, who's moving forward? I, I would agree with, with no. Yeah, I would agree with, with Utah being five, but only because the Eastern Conference from here on out is pretty <laughs> iffy. I'm guessing, Toronto, sure. I'm guessing Toronto at six. And how perfect that we're ranking the 12 remaining teams and Toronto's right in the middle. Because that's like what they are. They're just, they're right in the middle. Are they bad? No. Are they good? No. They're, the NBA is looking into right whether or not they can play second round games on NBA TV. <laughs> Don't count it out. So Toronto is there for me. But no, important for Toronto, they are ahead of the next team, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers, which... What is this team without LeBron James? If LeBron James just like got hurt before the playoffs, where is this series at? Well, they're not in them. <laughs> they well, get swept. I mean, if he got hurt in game eighty-two, I think they get yeah swept. I've... I think they get swept without LeBron. He's so I think like, five. he does he does everything for them. Everything. I, and do you he, think he does too much? I. What do you mean? This is a question we can explore. I think more after the season because. You look at the NBA right now, and, and Houston plays a very stagnant style, spread, pick, and roll. The ball's in Harden's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many other teams – and Oklahoma City plays that way, but they're not having very much success with it. Right. Cleveland's doing this, and LeBron, look, he still might be the greatest player in the entire league. But I just wonder if, if the, the game is evolving a little bit, and as he is no longer in his prime and now on the backside of his prime – if the team would just benefit a little bit more from featuring him off ball a little bit more, I it's I don't know the answer to that. I just wonder what the last phase of, of LeBron's career is. First of all, if we're in that phase now, I don't even know that. But if we are, does he have to make an adjustment or is he just going to be a worse version of himself playing the same style? I don't know. I, I would, as he ages, I would just put him in like a high post offense and, you know, have the, everything kind of revolve around that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's concerning that, when it's ter- every time you see Cleveland Twitter during these games and LeBron gets subbed out, all of them go silent, all of them, because you yeah. you know that they're just praying, and that's that's probably not a great sign. I'm guessing they are after Toronto for you. Where would you guess that? Yeah, they are. Where mm-hmm. would you guess they rate off in offensive rating so far? The Cleveland Cavaliers of of the sixteen playoff teams, twelfth, twelfth. And that's what's so crazy is you, you think about really they've been winning with defense, which is just not what anybody predicted, and, and, and it's bizarre to me. Um, after Cleveland, a very close after them, I think, is Indiana, and I, I think rightfully so. I would actually think that Washington, who's my next team after Indiana, probably a better team, but up to this point, I think Indiana has, has, has just played better and looked better than Washington, so they're yeah. my next team. Yeah, I would I would agree there, and then I'm guessing you go Boston, then Milwaukee. You are correct, Boston and Milwaukee. Which again, I mean, they're just playing this ugly series <laughs> that I am not enjoying very much at all. No, the, the, and I feel bad for Boston because they run some interesting things. It just doesn't work because you end up with the ball in Shane Larkin's hands yeah. like, with five <laughs> seconds on the shot clock. Yep, and then Milwaukee though. They look like I watched what what series was it I watched the other day? Oh yes, it was the uh, 2001 76ers versus Raptors game seven with with Vince and 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 Iverson going back and forth. It was so ugly to watch because really those two guys just dribbled the ball up and shot it every time without any passing. That's what Milwaukee does. They just they have no offense. It's very it's very frustrating to watch. Yeah, you can count the number of off ball screens Milwaukee sets game long on one hand. 
it's yeah. it's astonishing. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm guessing Miami is your final team. In Miami's not in it anymore, but Oklahoma City is. Oh, they are yeah. still fi- alive you're and right, fighting. Right. So Oklahoma City is my last one. Now they look like world beaters for 18 minutes in this last game. But outside of that, not only were they getting their butts kicked, they looked lost. They looked frustrated. They looked like they knew they were going to lose. They're they're to me they've been the worst team of the remaining. Yeah, I would I would agree. And so I, I'll 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 ask you this, and then we'll we'll call it a day. A lot of a lot is made of what Paul George's decision might be based on what he wants to do moving forward, and and what his options are, whether it's L.A., whether it's Philadelphia, which makes a lot of sense. Although if I'm Philadelphia, I'd probably go with Middleton over Paul George because that weakens Giannis's team. That's just me. Um, I but with with Paul George. If he gets re-signed and it's for everything that he can make moving forward, are you sure you want to do that if you're OKC? It's a good question. That's a ton of money. That's that's a lot of money. The answer is yes, because when you're Oklahoma City, you just you, beggars can't be choosers. And I know this from being in Denver. I know in L.A. you don't guys don't understand this concept, but you kind of have to take whatever superstar caliber player decides they're interested enough to go there. So the answer is yes, but I'm with you just in that I, I'm low on the idea of a team featuring Westbrook and Paul George looking different than what it is right now stylistically. You can improve around the margins, and I think – First of all, if you lost Carmelo and added Robertson, this team is, I think, a contender. So mm-hmm. there is an argument to be made that, yes, they could really make a move. You know, this this next year could look significantly different. But there's also a lot of options around them where you don't have that kind of talent, and it just looks like the sum being 50% of, of the parts. Yeah, they, they need to include in, in – they need to just put some kind of set that isn't an on-ball screen. Like it, it, I know, I know it's just it's such a basic premise. But but all of these teams, whether it's Milwaukee, as I just said, OKC, as I said, you just pointed out Cleveland a second ago. Just get some off-ball movement. It's 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 maddening to watch these guys play. Um, all right, that'll do it for this episode of the Friday edition of Locked On NBA. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. We are going to, when, when we come back, when on Monday, we will have the full matchups across the second round. The first round, if you had to rate the first round on a scale of 1 to 10, Adam, what would you give it so far? I would give it like a 9. There's been some real duds, yeah. but they've been easy to ignore because of how great Utah, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Miami, those two in particular, those have just been great. So I wish we got, I, I've enjoyed it. I wish we could trade like two games of Boston, Milwaukee for two more of Philadelphia. And Miami. That'd <laughs> that's been, true. That's such it's a fun. Great. That was such a fun series. All right. Have a great one, everybody. As always, follow this show on all of the platforms that you can find podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony or in LA. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Morris. I host Locked on Lakers. He hosts Locked on Nuggets. And we'll talk to you again next Friday. 